Okie dokie, this is a really, 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 really good one. I got to sit down and chat with Julie Go Live. Uh, she is a streamer on Twitch, and she is a musician, and she is currently working on an album. She also does paintings and different kinds of fun art stuff. Uh, on her stream, she does some really uh, funny different things that she talks about in this episode, and we get down right into it, talking about art and the state of the industry, of how to... Uh, keep creating even though it seems like there's just so much going on and saturation and uh me being old and not knowing much i asked a lot of questions in this one because i want to learn just as much as anybody else about how to do streaming and uh julie was great and had a lot to say about these things that opened my mind and blew my mind and i hope you guys enjoy listening to it as well um yeah, so let's just uh, go right to it. Here's that good old intro song. Here we are. <laughs> so, Julie, welcome to the Macaulay Project podcast. Um, Thank you. Glad to be here. I'm super stoked to have you on because, I, like I said uh, in the message there, I was like, I have been following you on Instagram for a while now and uh, seeing your stream stuff and your music and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, it seems like you have a pretty good handle on... Uh, social media <laughs> i'm i'm glad it seems that way because that's what matters because i don't know if that's the truth but as long as it seems like that we're good i think seeming is the only thing you can do <laughs> i think yeah, I, that is the thing or you either fail or you seem like you're doing good <laughs> i guess so and i'll t i'll take it i'll take it uh I guess my first question would be like what got you into this like doing streams and doing like taking your music from like from my perspective I know I I rant a little bit but from my perspective uh as somebody who was starting to do music before any of this like YouTube was just kind of starting it was like 2007 2008 and they were really starting to roll then but it was like nobody was thinking of using it like that really um, so I was going and like shaking hands with like venue owners trying to get people to see me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So what got you into like taking your music in the direction that you take it now? Did you think about that kind of stuff at all? I mean, I think I did the same thing as so many people these days, which is COVID happened. I, I went right. online. Um, I, I've always been sort of like a chronically online person because I have like crippling social anxiety. So being out in public, I kind of hate. Um, so I, I've always, you know, as most people my age wanted to do YouTube, wanted to do stuff like that, but I just never really tried to. I was never willing to put myself out there like that. And then everything shut down and I had been planning on actually doing music 
as like a little tiny tour around like the the area right. I was in. I was so excited about it, and it all got shut down. And I saw everybody doing like Instagram live concerts from like venues and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. I was like, well, I'm not doing that, but <laughs> I know that people stream games on Twitch, so there must be musicians. I saw a few people playing music. I said, okay, I'll try. Um, and it was so fun that I just have not stopped. That's yeah. awesome. I'm well. I'm glad you're doing it because. Uh, it's the future, and the future is now. <laughs> uh, I I I feel like for myself, I was a little maybe I'm not too late to the game, but I think the experiences that I've had have made me like uh, feel I don't know what's happening, and I like I graduated high school back in 2007, <laughs> so Dang. so it's been a little while. And there was no smartphones. Like, the iPhone, I think, had just come out or was whatever. And so I wasn't really on top of any of that. And so now it's like I see people like yourself doing cool things. And then, like, people on TikTok. I don't know if you do TikTok as well. I I want to get a phone that can do TikTok because I know <laughs> I need to. So oh, yeah. I'm working on it. Uh, well, I have one, and I am still confused, and I've had it for, like, a year. That, that <laughs> was, like, me with Twitter for, like, a year, and me with Reddit for, like, two years. It's it's fine. It's fine. It's so weird. Uh, like, each one has its own, like, little uh, nuances that you have to learn and try to figure out. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. And uh, how do you feel like you're handling that? Like, I know that as someone myself who was diagnosed with like uh, general anxiety disorder about 10 years ago, um, it is strange like navigating. How do you feel like you're taking it now? I mean, I think that, I mean, I have, I have anxiety to anxiety gang, but I also Ooh. have uh, really bad ADHD <laughs> that just got diagnosed a while ago too. Oh, Surprise. Uh, I feel like a lot of folks who are, you know, creative people have that problem. Um, and it feels like for me, it's been a pretty frustrating ride because it feels like every time I feel like I'm getting established on a platform, they're slowly starting to pull the rug out of the platform. Like, for sure. um, I started on Twitch, but I wasn't too big on Twitch. I, I didn't really understand how algorithms worked and how, you know, making sure that I appeal to people worked when I started. So I was jumping around in a bunch of different stuff and it was not helping with any sort of retention whatsoever. But I was also a streamer on Reddit when Reddit had oh, a yeah, live streaming yeah. platform. And that I was just doing it at the end of every day whenever I was tired and sad, I would go on and play sad music. Like a cool kid. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> and for some reason, uh, that brought in a ton of people. And then just when it was starting to get like really, really good, they were mm -hmm. like, oh, we're not going to do live stream on Reddit anymore. So have oh fun. My God. Bye. And I was like, okay, guys, <laughs> I got another platform. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And they were all like, what's, what's Twitch? Because it was a bunch of like old Right. People. And so I, it took a lot of effort to get them there. And now Twitch is slowly starting to seems like it's right. really trying to not work anymore so now i have to start i, I do have a little bit of youtube people because i've done a couple cool collabs with like um like youtubers and stuff but like i yep. i don't know how to edit worth it worth a darn so i'm <laughs> i'm basically like scrambling to get some sort of youtube stuff out there including like shorts and everything like that while still trying to maintain my community and it's it's too much. It's exhausting. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I remember when MySpace was huge. And oh, that's wow. what was big in high school for me. So everybody had MySpace. And 
it was an easy choice. Like it was like there was nothing else. It was like either yeah. you were on MySpace or you did nothing. And it was like um then Facebook comes along and tries to one up it and basically destroys MySpace. But it was I felt like Facebook didn't really have anything that MySpace MySpace was offering in the sense of like creativity. It was just more for general, like normal people, you know. Um, and now it's like you got YouTube, sure, but they're trying to catch up. They're, it's like they're trying to bring in Instagram kind of features and they're trying to bring in TikTok features and they're trying to bring in all these other features when they were never really intended to be that. And so it's like, where do you find your place? And I've almost considered being like, maybe I should just have my own website again and just do it that way and try to get everybody who cares to have like, maybe even just like a really basic app or something. I don't know. Maybe That's, is that the direction yeah. it's going? I mean, I think it's fair to, to think that that would be easier. But I think the struggle with that is that people like most people who use the internet only use like three different things. They use YouTube they use Facebook if they're old, and if they're young, they use Instagram and TikTok, and like that's I feel it. targeted right now. <laughs> no, sorry. sorry, sorry. It's okay. I like, know I'm old. I know I'm old. The facts are there, but you know what I mean. So it's like there's there's a very limited sort of circle that people are willing to go in to find new content. So yeah. if you have your own website or somewhere that's your own platform, you can somehow bring people from these social media platforms onto there, but you can't start there because nobody's going to find you, right? True. So it's, it's just that struggle of, of finding out how to convince people that what you have is special enough to go somewhere new for it. And that's right. the struggle that I'm dealing with a lot is finding out, is it worth it, guys? Find <laughs> out. Worth we'll it? find yeah. out. Oh, man. Uh, no wonder everybody has anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, my goodness. It's like, oh, it's so much. But I... I, I really shouldn't complain i feel so lucky that i even get to struggle like this so yeah uh, it's like 12 year old steve would be like are you kidding me you have access to all of this stuff you better be doing all of it and then i'm like yeah well you're 12 and you have energy <laughs> right yeah same with me i'm always like 12 year old me would be so proud but also 12 year old me would be like why are you sleeping get up <laughs> Because sleeping so. is the best. <laughs> sleep. Oh, I love. I think sleep is the best thing. So you know what else I feel about the ang anxiety, especially with being a creative in 2022, almost 2023 already. God, um, is like when I was first playing shows. You know, nobody had a good enough camera on their phone <laughs> to yeah. record it, so I could go and do a show to six people or less and five of those people work there and I could completely bomb and no one would care because yeah. it would be gone. It would be gone and no one would remember. And if I had a good show, the people would remember it as being even better than it actually was because they'd be like, Oh, that was really fun. They don't remember the songs. They don't remember the words. They don't remember any of it, but they just remember they had fun. So then they go tell other people, Oh, that was fun. But now it's like, even if you have a good show and it feels like you did good, there's a hundred cameras there to prove that it was mediocre. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I used to do like live performances in person, like all the time before COVID. I mean, yeah. I think most people did. I was doing like three to four gigs a month, like all the time. And I felt like I was really starting to get comfortable. And then when everything went online, 
I looked back at some of these things because I needed to keep posting on social media in order to actually like keep up my brand. And of it was it was all mediocre. All the all the videos I had were just of me being kind of cruddy, very nervous looking, not not as good as I remembered it, not as good as I thought I was. So it took a lot of like, okay, I just need to be okay with sucking for a bit. And right. just and I needed to find a way to continue doing it so that I could keep improving or else I'd just sit there dormant and keep sure getting worse. Um, so I'm really glad that I chose live streaming over recording because the best part about live streaming is nobody is sitting there wanting to watch a three-hour VOD <laughs> a week later. Nobody cares. It's like they nobody goes back it. to watch their fireworks videos. <laughs> like, ex- like exactly. It's like nobody watches the three-hour video. There's like maybe two or three people who do, and those people are like ride or dies. I love them. Right. They they're not going to hate it. Stuff. They're not going to hate it because they already are obsessed. <laughs> exactly. So it's like for them, it's like great. For everybody else, it's like oh, you saw it in the moment. Okay. You know. So it's it's been a real struggle for me to try to get into the like this is here forever type stuff like the YouTube videos and stuff like that. Cause I'm like, I'm going to hate it. I'm going to sure. hate it. I'm going to look back on this in like two months and hate this. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't like this already. And like, I've posted maybe one song recently on, mm-hmm. on YouTube and it hit the algorithm, which was awesome. And then I watched it and I was like, I, I don't like it. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't like that this happened at all. Um, I, but it's better than nothing, and I, I, most people aren't noticing the problems that I am. So let's just <laughs> no, and uh, yeah, I think you do. I think you're doing great, and I think that each artist has these similar problems of not thinking it's good enough or whatever. Um, but I think you're doing good, so Thank it's you. all good. I'm glad. It, I'm I, once again. I'm glad from the outside perspective, it looks a okay. That's what matters. <laughs> yeah, it's seeming great. Uh, I guess that kind of brings me to another kind of uh, idea that I just thought of um, in this age of doing the live, but now it's recorded as well. So there is like uh, history to it now where you can go back um, at any point in the future. It could be 100 years from now. Maybe you'll hit it big in 2100, 22, you know, who Can't knows? Can't wait to be 99 <laughs> and going viral. I, I want to be that. That'd be sick. Uh yeah, that would be crazy. But like, I guess my question would be to you is, what do you feel like your role is? Uh, I'll add one more thing before you answer, though. Like, for example, uh, yesterday, a buddy of mine restarted his Twitch stream, and he plays Call of Duty. And I'm not super into Call of Duty, but uh, my buddy's awesome. So every once in a while, I will jump into the stream and just comment and be like, hey, man, how's it going while he's playing? And just kind of support for maybe a few minutes. But my attention span is not great and I need to work on the things I need to work on. But it's like, yeah, I'm supporting him. But at the same time, it's kind of like, it felt like I was getting something out of it too. You know, just even jumping in and he'll say hi back to my comment. And it's like, what do you feel like your role is in a situation like this rather than just a performer slash audience? Now it seems like everything's so more integrated. Yeah. It's, um, it's very parasocial. I'm going to say that right off the bat. Parasocial? That's, I've never heard that. I'm writing it down. Oh, it's uh, it basically means that, you know, usually, you know, if you watch TV and you watch your favorite person on TV, you know that they're a person. If you saw them in public, you probably wouldn't approach them. And if you sure. did, it was for a picture and to walk away. These people know so much about my life that they think that we're friends. 
They think that if we were to meet in person that we would, you know, have drinks together all night and stuff like that. And (laughs) I don't even know what they look like. I don't even know their real name. And they know everything about me. So for that, I sort of am fulfilling this sort of role as like a friend slash entertainer for a lot of people. Uh, And it's a very precarious line to draw where you constantly have to be like, hey, if you see me in public, please come say hello. But also... I'm not going to be hanging out with you all night. I don't know you and I have anxiety. I, I can't just do that. So it's it's a very scary line and it and it a lot of people don't understand that line mm-hmm. and try to make it be more sure. um which is kind of scary, but like when I just think of like what my role is to fulfill in somebody as an audience member's life. It yeah. used to be when I was just doing music. I don't really do mostly music on twitch anymore because i've been focusing on making an album in the background cool cool we'll get to that (laughs) yeah yeah and and working on more um comedic kind of content on twitch because it's exhausting to be doing music 24 7 um so tell me about it (laughs) so i used to be like people's like oh i'm feeling down or i'm feeling kind of lonely i'm gonna go check out one of my favorite musicians online and i'm gonna give them money and they're gonna play my favorite song by oasis wonderwall five times in a row i'm gonna cry and i'm gonna empty my wallet and i'd make some good money that way it was great you know Mima used to sing wonderwall to me every night you know i gotta gotta yeah respects um and now i feel like i'm more of like a mealtime creator where if someone's like i'm an ipad kid where like i can't eat without having something on and i can't sleep without having a video on or something okay yeah so like for people like me if you're eating and you're alone and and you want something to watch you put on twitch and you find somebody that's pretty entertaining not entertaining enough that if you walk away and and go pee for a second that you're gonna miss something and and cry but you know enough that 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 you you feel like you're part of something and you can hang out and and do whatever you want but it's it's not super like you have to be there the whole time. You're gonna miss it. You're gonna miss it. You're gonna miss it. But it's also not. Uh, oh, I don't want to watch this type thing. But it's a, it's a very specific sort of creator, you know. Yeah, situation yeah, yeah. Now and it's less lucrative, but I think it's more what I'd like to do with my overall presence on the internet. So sure. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's such an interesting time period to be living in because I feel like. When I was growing up, it would be people like Oprah, you know, where yeah. she was she was ahead of the game where instead of social media, she was just creating her own media outlets to do like, you know, instead of having like a morning podcast, she would have her Oprah O magazine, right? Yeah. And she would have like little things she's written about what she does in the morning, her routines and all of these things. And so she kind of like... I, the way I picture it is that everybody has the same amount of time in a week and to dedicate to entertainment or this parasocial stuff. We're going to start saying that all the time now. Uh, <laughs> so thanks for that. Uh, no problem. So they have this limited amount of time every week or every day, even depending whatever you want to get into, to set aside for specific entertainers. So it's not just like everybody sits down and watches Friends. It's and then talks about it the next day. It's that there's so much content you have to almost curate your own channel of what you're going to consume and then be like, okay, I'm going to dedicate five minutes of my life to watching Julie play whatever song she's playing today. And it's like, then as a performer, it's like almost 
can I keep that five minutes? Can I even get that five minutes of people's days? Yeah, it's it's a lot of fighting for the first 30 seconds. If you can get past that, I've been told many times, and it's true, if you can get past the first 30 seconds, you usually have somebody who will stick around for a, a little bit at least. And, sure. And at least say hi or something like that. But it's it's really that fight for the initial thing. And mm-hmm. it used to be for me that I'd play music and I'd do a lot of like live looping and stuff like that. And people would be like, what the hell? Where's that coming from? And so yep. they'd stick around to figure out what the heck that is. Now I make nightmares happen and people <laughs> stick around because they're confused. And I, I, for me, it's more fun. Yeah, there, there you go. Well, if it's, you're not going to be able to continue if you don't make it fun for yourself. Yeah, I had there is yeah. burnout. <laughs> I had I've had so many burnouts, especially since, you know, with the whole Twitch thing, I've been trying to, you know, they Twitch is a pl- most platforms don't have like goals that you need to hit on the platform. Twitch treats it like a game. So they in the background, they have all of these like if you can hit this milestone then you're this kind of creator and stuff like that and it gets in your brain of like I got it. I'm not a I'm not a Twitch streamer and I can't make this my thing unless yeah. I finish all these tasks. So I spent a year and a half working on getting through all of this and getting the Twitch partner thing and everything. And by the end of it, I was like, I am just a radio station that people tune into. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's not and it's just me playing the same hundred songs three days a week to five days a week. Right. It's not there's nothing fun there for me anymore. Sure. So I had to pivot and of course people don't like it when people change things so things have been weird uh to that i say fuck them <laughs> well no i get it i get it though you know I, you, I, you I, don't have to i'll say it for you <laughs> okay but you know as much as i'm like how dare they leave because i'm not playing Mima's song from when she was when you were a child but also no i get it i totally get it it's just you know yeah. Everybody has different tastes. I totally They do. And I want to meet this Mima who listened to Oasis. Or maybe I'm just that old that I just picture people who listen to Oasis as like my older peers. <laughs> I know some Mimas who sing Oasis, I'll tell you that. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, here's a here's a question for you. Uh what were you like in high school then? Were you like really good at uh getting good grades and stuff? Um I had to in order to get um, the the scholarships in order to go to college. My my mom refused to let me get below an eighty average in anything because I needed mm. the scholarships in order to actually be able to afford to go to post secondary. Um, but I barely showed up. I was mostly trying to do music with like friends, and when I was at school, I was barely in classes and stuff like that. I, and I was a goofball. I was a I was a prankster. Yeah. I was the whole the whole attention span was gone and <laughs> I just caused chaos the whole time I was there. But I, I tried to get good grades and that's all I really cared about. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's just funny to me because nowadays it seems like to be a creator, you have so much more homework. <laughs> it's like yeah. the amount of homework I have to do now compared to what I did in high school is like, I didn't I, yeah. do anything in high school. <laughs> I literally, yeah, I, I didn't do most things in high school. I did the bare minimum to get right. the grades that I needed. And so this whole having to be self-driven thing that yes. is going on right now sucks. I am very lucky that I got diagnosed with ADHD when I did, which was about uh, half a year into doing this full time because um, I was struggling so hard. Sure. And it's sure. like, oh, 
just understanding that there are resources for people who don't have attention spans to do work and and of course medication in my case really helped a lot um it really does make a huge difference in being able to make what you want to make but um yeah it's just oh it's i wake up i sit on the computer and i work yep and then i go live i I put on my makeup i go live yeah (laughs) yeah and then I take off my makeup, and then I sit at the computer and, and do and do more, more work. concentration <laughs> slash like yeah. like you know promotion the audience yeah. and everything like that. Yeah, it's just it's it's like sixteen to eighteen hours a day, every day. Crazy. Yeah. Well, I just want to say thanks for sharing that because I know how it can be with uh, anxiety. Even just talking about it can start being like, oh shit! Just saying the word can get me anxious sometimes. <laughs> I'm <laughs> you know? I'm so lucky that I figured out that if there is an online thing, if there is a line between the person I, if i can't see your face in real life i'm usually not anxious oh, okay it's great unless That's it's like cool. a big group of people then i get freaked out but like if i can't see your face and there's a big group of people they don't exist they're fake people it's fine oh man it's so weird because when i got diagnosed i didn't even realize i had it um until i went and they like tested me or whatever and because uh, i was playing lots of shows i was always around people and i was always like ready to roll and rock at the same time and uh i could get up on stage in front of however many people i think the in in high school like i went to high school in california and my school had 800 graduating students so there was like 2000 parents plus 800 graduating students and all the staff and it's like so it was like almost 3000 people i i played piano which i never really i played a bit of piano but i played piano in front of that many people didn't affect me one bit but if I were to play that same thing in front of one person, I'd be dying. I'd be dying inside. It's like yeah. I, I don't get it, and that's where I started questioning. Like there must be something wrong because like I have no problem getting up in front of an ocean of anybody, but if it's like one, maybe two people, it freaks me the fuck out. <laughs> that's so. That's so fair. For I, I had like a similar problem where I could never play in front of one or two people. Most people who knew me, knew I was a musician, but never heard me play unless they went to a specific show because I just refused to do it. I wouldn't do it. Um, And for the longest time, I'd play shows all the time. I'd be pretty comfortable with it, but I'd still get nervous if there was a lot of people or there was a lot of pressure or stuff like that, and I'd probably mess up. But then I took two years off of doing any sort of live performance, and I went back to doing it. Like, Mm. you know, mid-COVID, I got a show, and I was like, heck yes. And I had three panic attacks beforehand and one middle of the show during the intermission and then one after. And I realized, oh, I was just desensitized to being a live performer. And now that I don't have that dulled sense of that, it Mm -hmm. sucks again. And so I was terrified of doing live performance. I was like, I broke it. I broke my thing. Uh Uh-oh. So uh, I got a band and thankfully now... Like, I've realized that if there are other people up there performing with me, I don't care. It's like a, yeah, it's kind of like a blanket to yeah. have a, a group of people with you. Yeah. It's so, and it's so much more fun because then if I, it's not all riding on every little mistake I make, it's like, okay, if I make a mistake, nothing's going to like stop, you know? Yes. Which yes. is the big struggle, especially when I started live looping in person. If you mess up with a loop, you are, it's done. It's done. Right. It sucks. <laughs> so, like, Having a band instead of doing that is just such relief, but it's it's also hard to find people who want to do that. So 
Yeah, I totally, totally agree with that. Uh, I'm still kind of looking for people. <laughs> same, same. I had them for a bit when I was in university. I was like, yes, because we got a jazz. I got a jazz band together. Then we started mm-hmm. doing non-jazz stuff. It was really fun. But I mean, they stayed in university, and I said, I don't have time for this. I'm not giving yeah. them my money anymore. So I, I left, and now I'm now I'm bandless again. But that's okay. uh, when I was playing shows back in Regina. And uh, one of my bands that was actually doing pretty good. Um, we're every show we had was packed out, and then we we talked to one of the local radio DJs who had been on the radio there for like thirty five, forty years, and he was giving us advice. And he was just like, uh, "You guys are good," but he's just like, "Just remember, bands come and go, but as long as you're still playing, you're winning." And it's like, um. He, I went through like five bands <laughs> after that. <laughs> so it was like, but I always kept that in the back of my mind. I'm like, I'm still playing. It's still good. It's not the end of the world if a band doesn't go, you know, they come together for a time and it's fun. You just have a blast with it. And then if it doesn't work out, you're still playing. As long as you're still playing, you're doing good. So it's like, uh, I always remember that. Um, yeah. But speaking of music, you say you're working on an album. Let's, I am. How is that going? Um, it's terrifying. I've, <laughs> I've never put out music in a professional way at all, ever. Okay. I didn't start singing properly until like university, which is like four years ago. Um, and before that I had written music, but I didn't really have confidence in it. I, you know, I was always surrounded by people who were better. So I never mm. thought that my good was good enough to record. And every time that I'd, I'd sit there and be like, okay, maybe I could record maybe a couple of these, you know, things would happen, life would change, and then I'd move on. Um, and so once I started establishing an audience that actually cared about what I did personally, I was like, yeah. well, it might be time. It might yeah. be time. <laughs> and, and since I was actually, you know, singing and, and doing the whole music thing every single day, it completely changed because I, I don't practice. I have um, really bad hands, <laughs> so I actually can't. Like, I, yeah, like doctors fair. have told me I'm not allowed to practice, basically, any right. instrument. Um, so doing the live streams was the closest I could get to that. And okay, so I was yeah. improving at a giant rate compared to how I used to be. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll try it. I'll try it. And I now I have a, a wonderful, you know, the, the idea of being online means that I have people who will reach out and say, hey, you want to do this, I would happy, I'd be happy to help. And, and, you know, I can ask people questions and not be afraid of staring them in the face as they laugh at me. You know, it's, it's great. Right. Um, but I'm also doing it mostly on my own. And that's I what I was going to ask. I'm like, are you going to a studio or are you doing this uh, at home? So I, uh, like back in July, August, back in August, I went uh, out of town and I recorded with a, a recording guy for like a week straight. like 12 to 14 hour days every day and I got all the basics done but I still needed to do like all the backup vocals all of the midi and all of that kind of stuff at home um put it all together and then I'm going to send it off to get mixed and mastered but everything that I have recorded I got to put together I got to do it all myself and then send it out and I have no idea what I'm doing I don't I I didn't (laughs) even know how to use like a DAW before like this summer and I am using Reaper like my life depends on it it's sure terrifying and yeah it's a lot i have about 20 sticky notes in front of me with just different things and a hundred behind you (laughs) yeah well okay those are those are special those are drawings but i have like to-do lists on like 20 sticky notes for each each song and it's uh it's eight songs i'm hoping to have a single out 
relatively soon. And then okay. I want the whole album out, hopefully by the end of the year. That's my goal. Sure. Well, if you have any questions or anything, I do that kind of stuff as well. Uh, so you can always shoot me a question and be like, hey, does, how do you do this? And I'll be like, I don't know. <laughs> no. yeah. yeah, and that's okay. But, but at least we'll not know together. <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean, I think so far I, I've, I'm very lucky that I have like a good group of people to help but, me yeah, out it's with good. it. But it's mostly just the, I'll put things together and I'll be like, this sounds good, I think. And then I send it to a bunch of different people and I'm like, does it suck? Does it suck? Yeah. Does it suck? Because it's, it's such a, a scary part because you just get numb to the sound yeah and i start uh, hating my music so quickly <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more i've re like i've been working on this album for <laughs> fucking decade <laughs> but like yeah. writing and whatever uh, but only in the past year i've started actually like recording it and i've restarted songs 15 times like, yeah. I'll just start from scratch. I'm like, nah, this is not where I wanted it to go. And I think it's a detriment. Like, I was talking to Ashley about this in her, when I had her on. It was like, when it's my stuff, uh, I see all of the different decisions that I could make and go in different directions. Mm -hmm. But when it's something for somebody else, I can immediately just sit down and make the decisions. No problem. And I can make something like it's, yeah. if it's like a stupid song, like, I don't know if you've seen any of the videos I posted <laughs> before or songs. If you do get a chance, you should check them out. They're really dumb. Um, just based off of jokes, my friends will send me. They'll just be like, what if you had like a German sex club band that just did like these kind of stupid songs? And I'm like, that's a great idea. And then in three hours, I'll have like three songs complete, started written, start to finish completed. And I'm like, yeah, Maybe I should just do that. Maybe I should just start my own German club band. <laughs> I was, so I started doing joke music as well because I was like, I don't have to worry about being emotionally attached to this. Right. It's like, if I, if it sounds bad or whatever, I don't care. Like the only thing I have out on Spotify is a rap song called Bofa. And it's, <laughs> the words in it are, I shouldn't I fart. I shouldn't I fart. And that's the whole, like the whole song is that. There's a music video. It's me going downtown in Calgary and just in clown makeup okay. running around like a psycho. Like it's, yeah, it's it's the worst. And I so started making joke music because I was like, this is so much easier to make. I can just yeah. put it out. And if it sucks, it's a joke. It doesn't matter. And yes. so I, I almost went down that, that hole too. And then I realized that, oh, I still have standards for that. And I'm still going to beat myself up over that. Yes. Yes. And then when I get upset and start beating myself up over that kind of stuff, well, then I start writing music that is more personal. Right. So I might as well just start there and not go through the runaround of getting there, you know? Oh, so. Like, I have several friends who are comedians, and uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts of comedians. And it's funny because they say the exact opposite, where it's like, for them, the making the joke is the personal thing. And yeah. so if it doesn't play, they take that personally and they find it easier to just do the serious thing because it's like, well, that's I'm a comedian. I'm a funny guy. So when I'm doing the serious stuff, it's not really what I care. Yeah. about. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, it, it totally makes sense because it's, it's, it's what people you want to be able to meet people's expectations. Right. Sure. And when you don't, 
at the thing that you're supposed to be good at, it hurts so much more than if oh, yeah. you don't have a standard of expectation and it's mid, you know? So I totally get that. I wanted to do comedy for a while and then I realized that I, what I actually want to do is go to a comedy open mic night, bomb once, yes. take that personally and go because i'd always i was when i was a kid i'd be like mom i want to be a comedian and my mom would go oh julie but you got to be funny to be a comedian and then i'd say so your mom should have been one my mom should be one but it's just she just she's she's the best i love her to death but also yes so that's what i learned is comedy's not my thing i don't think but i've always had this dream and i'm going to do it one day was the similar so me and you are pretty similar here i want to go and do an open mic but I want to bomb so hard that no one even pity laughs. I want it to be like maybe a cough or oh, like, no. it's a, because I feel like that would be more of an accomplishment than getting a laugh. Because That's it's fair. like, because if you get somebody laughing, they're just like, ah, that'd be, that would kill me because it'd be like, you, I'd rather you not laugh. Yeah, <laughs> I'd, rather I'd rather you, you just sit in silence. Right. That'll be oh, that's such a good bit. <laughs> I, if I do a live show and I like do a, a, a comedy, like a little little talk in the middle, yeah. I really want to tell everybody beforehand: just don't laugh. You're not allowed to laugh right now. Yes. <laughs> but I'm gonna try to make jokes, and you can't laugh. And that would be so good. Oh, yes. that would. That's a good idea. I like that a lot. Yeah, like I, I just feel. Uh, for me, art is more about like, you, like you said, expectations. Are, you know, expectations are basically the enemy of art. <laughs> so it's like subverting those expectations is what I really enjoy, and I think yeah. that's why I can do the funny stuff or like weird stuff so quickly is because I know it's subverting expectations. So the decision's already been made. It's like I'm going to make the decision, which would be the opposite of what people would expect. Exactly. So, so yeah. you're actually not making decisions because it's just, oh, I already know what they want, so I'm good to not give it to them. <laughs> it, I've been, that's like the the basis of my entire like stream right now. Whenever I'm not doing music, it's like, yeah, I'm gonna do whatever people think I should do. I'm gonna avoid doing that. Like yes. I was live for like 36 hours straight, and I was on camera maybe for like a little bit of it because I put a Home Depot bucket in my chair. And I just left. <laughs> I just, that's what happened. And and I called it a bucket-a-thon. And yeah. I made sure that, and it was like, I wanted to subvert expectations so right. hard. That that's it, so it good. Was, yeah, and, and it's it's my favorite part of doing what I do right now is like, okay, let's just mess with everybody the entire time. Oh, you, you are on the right track. I love it. <laughs> that is that is what I think art uh really needs right now it's like uh the last 10 years like i do a lot of painting and you know i'm following in the footsteps or i wouldn't even say that i'm just on the same planet as these people who are like banksy and stuff <laughs> you know yeah. it, i i just started it because i was broken up with <laughs> and i had nothing i had nothing i was kicked out of and I left everything behind. I got in my car and drove away. And I ended up getting an apartment of my own. I didn't have a TV, didn't have anything. But I had um, in my car, I found some old dollar store paints. Ooh. And then I had a cereal box. And so I just started painting on that. And I had never really painted before. And so I started getting into painting like that. And so I'm not really like a trained 
artist or painter or anything like that. I just find like the act of doing it the most enjoyable part. And so it kind of like opened up a whole new world of creating. And so taking those ideas from painting and putting into music of like, oh yeah, it's not about aesthetics. <laughs> you know, everybody has been so involved in aesthetics, especially with like social media and the whole seeming to have it together, like we were saying yeah. before. Right. Yeah. And I kind of want to move away from aesthetics into conceptual and, yeah. you know, putting a bucket on a chair and just like, <laughs> yeah. And for me, a lot of the stuff that I intake of like media and stuff, it's, it's way more about how it makes me feel than how it looks and stuff like that. And, and, you know, especially with music, I do not care if it's polished, if it makes me feel something, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's so much more of the focus and yeah i mean when i do art like i do you want to see like the worst thing i've made yes let's see it um (laughs) this is a self-portrait of me as a cabbage patch kid oh my god that's amazing um so when i do art i don't take it seriously at all and i just consider it to be a thing of like i want an end product that i think is funny and i'd like to have Uh, around it's it's funny you say that because that that painting uh, for the people who are only listening, I will hopefully you'll send me a picture of that so I can oh, share yeah, sure, it. Sure, sure. Uh, but it's actually really good. <laughs> it's like actually really good. It was one of those things where I started it and I was like, let's look at a nightmare picture of me and let's just yeah, no, that's perfect. Something. And I used Posca pens, which are just like okay, yeah. marker, like acrylic markers, which should not be made for this big of a piece. I just, it's such a terrible idea and. I just kept going and I was like, this is funny. This is funny. Let's just keep doing this. I, I think this would be funny just to yes. hang up in my bathroom or something. Uh, so, you know? I don't know if I can do You can kind of see my walls are turquoise, orange, yeah. and purple, and yellow. And it. all of my art is up on the walls and I have hundreds of more paintings. <laughs> I love so, that. <laughs> and it, it's funny because like I'm turning 33 on Monday. And happy early birthday. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but as like a 33 year old man in 2022, uh, like I work a manual labor job basically. But when you, I'm at home and people who come over are like, holy shit, it's like you live in a fucking 1990s kids TV set. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's is what makes me comfortable. You know, it's my, it's where my outside matches my inside of how I feel, right? And uh, so, yeah, it's just weird. But I, I was going to say about uh, AI art. Have you seen any of this, like, computer-generated art? Yeah, I I've been I've been bringing this up with everybody because I, I find it so interesting. Uh, but I, I had a thought. It's like talking about aesthetics. Eventually, they're going to get so perfect that you're not going to be able to tell the difference. And yeah. people are afraid of that. But I think what excites me about it is that it's only going to solidify human art more because... Only you can make your mistakes. Agreed. And I think it's also going to open up the path for less what the art looks like and more exactly. what's it about and what's the history of it and why did you make it? Which is already an important part of people who who are sort of like professionals in an art field. They care right. way more about the process than about the, the creation. Um, and so it's going to open that way more up to a, a more baseline consumer part where it's everybody's going to care way more about the story than about the art, which is yes. really exciting to me because then you don't have to worry about making mistakes. You got to worry about <laughs> telling a story. It's, it's so true. And you know what? I think 
it, I'm just writing down the cabbage patch picture thing to make <laughs> yeah, sure you sure. send it to me. Um, I think the artists of the past and like people who are academics of art have come to the conclusion that that's what art is about mm-hmm. way earlier than everybody else. And yeah, I mean, yeah. And so I think you bring up a good point of that. That's where it's headed. But I think now that means it's going to be more accessible for regular people because they're going to come to this conclusion way quicker without having to go to art school to learn it from somebody who's trying to be like, no. (laughs) But if a regular person who doesn't know anything about art sees a computer-generated piece of art, they're going to be like, well, is that real art? And that's the question you want them to ask. That is what you, the art people have been dying for people to ask themselves forever. Is yeah. that real art? And that is what we're always doing with every piece, whether it's music or painting or anything. It's like, is that real art? That's what you're supposed to ask yourself every yeah. time you see art. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, I think it's also just a really exciting separation of the art itself as oh this is cool make it the wallpaper on my phone and something that actually feels personal and something that holds meaning to you and so sure. you know there can be people who do appreciate all these this ai generated art and, and love it and think it's i cool I, I think it's pretty fucking weird yeah. and awesome and wacky <laughs> and there's no problem with right. liking that i know there's a lot of people who are like you can't enjoy it and it's like no, no you can do whatever you want i'll enjoy whatever i want yeah Thank but it, it also just sort of separates it further from yeah the the whole humanness of of yes. Art. And then it's like, well, a human did create the program to make it. And that's it. exciting to talk about too. And it just opens up so many conversations. About, so it's about like creation of art. So is that guy an artist? I think so. I think uh, I think everybody's got the capability of art. I think this is just my own personal uh, beliefs, but I believe that creativity is the universe. <laughs> I Ooh. think that the whole point of the universe is creativity. It was. It's just constantly creating. Everything is just making new out of everything. Like, there's always novelty. There's always something being built out of something else. There's always birth in the death of everything. And so it's like creativity is that force. And so when people get bogged down with uncreative lives, they feel like they're not existing. And it's like, you don't have to be an artist to experience creativity. You just need to know that you can be creative in every situation. I, and, I think that's a nice way of thinking of it, yeah. I I don't know if that's how I feel about it, because I know that there's so many people who feel more comfortable just living life without the expectation of having to be creative. To make things. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. That's and totally fair. The, the, a lot of people, I think there's a big group of people who focus on creation of something new and, and making unique things and making, you know, creating and, and thinking that, that creativity is, is the basis. But I think there's a whole lot more people who are tired of feeling that way and just want to exist. I know? would I would put it out there, though. I would say that if you were to talk to those people, I bet the reason that they're comfortable not creating is probably because they do have something that they're allowed to be creative in where they're not take they don't have to take the risk of being like I'm a creative person but I'm sure that there's something somewhere that they enjoy that they get their creative outlet whether it's small or big doesn't really matter I bet the people that are feeling good about being in that position do have a creative outlet of some sort and I I feel like 
everybody should have at least the opportunity to have a creative outlet. And if their creativity leads them to not use the outlet, well, that's even better because that's hilarious. <laughs> it's like, I'm making the creative decision to not be creative. <laughs> yeah. That's, that, yeah. I mean, heck yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit contrary in that way. I try to find, I try to find the weird way of saying things all the time. And, um, I, it gets me in trouble. <laughs> Same. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> like sometimes I'll be at be in a group of people and they'll be talking about something and I'll just be in my own world and I'll be like they'll be talking about what somebody said. And I'm like I wonder if they said it coming from this point of view or something like that. And mm. it's like and then they get mad at me because I'm not just agreeing with their interpretation of it. And I'm really not even trying to argue or anything. I'm just like wouldn't it be interesting to think of it in as many different ways as possible? Yeah, then, no, that's fine. But uh, you don't tell that to somebody who's mad at somebody else, though. <laughs> Probably not, no. Because <laughs> then they just direct it all at you, and you're like, oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I was. I wrote some stuff down. I did prepare. I have... My own paper. Uh, it looked blank there, but there is stuff yeah, it's, on it. Yeah, it's completely blank. <laughs> yeah. It's just got like had, one big drawing of a turtle on it. So I've just had to okay. be creative. I just had to be creative for this. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, good. I asked about the album. Oh, that's what I was going to ask. So this is where you're at now. Where do you feel like you're headed? Oh, no. Oh, no. I try not to think of anything too far ahead because then I start getting freaked out. But I think that it's such a fair question. Um, <laughs> if it was an ideal world, I yeah, would be, it. I would be like, like how far ahead are we talking? It, it could be a very generalized direction. It doesn't have to be like, I know where I'm going. Some people do. Some people don't. I'm just yeah. curious to hear what, what you think. Um, I hope to maintain like an audience of people who are interested in what I do. And okay. I don't know if that is going to entail just music or just not music or whatever, but I, I hope to have a, a group of people who want to see what I make, basically. Okay. Um, it, which is what I have right now, and I want to make sure that I keep that. And I don't know what, where that's going to be, if that's going to be on a different platform or, or not online at all or, or what that's going to entail, but I, I hope to maintain that while working on hopefully music mainly. But yeah. hopefully some other non-music stuff too, because oh, it's I I get so sick of doing the same thing <laughs> for too long, and I that's why I like I jump between instruments a lot and stuff like that. It's because I have zero attention span over like past like six months to continue doing something. Right, of course. So the fact that I've been doing this for two years, I have never done anything seriously for two years straight. So I hope to continue to find new ways to to like transform things into something that excites me again while not alienating people. And that's I think you'll be, find it. I hope so. But I hope that I, I find it consistently. That's the thing. <laughs> Cause I'll find it once and like, yay, we went through this transition together. That's great. But then, you know, a year or two later, I'm going to want to do it again. And I just, I hope that that people, you know, get that and, and move with it. But I think that that's also just how the world works these days with media. So. Seasons, seasons, Things yeah. come and go, and as somebody who's been doing art and art-related things for 
a long time now. <laughs> uh, you, I'm just saying it right now, you will have moments where it disappears. And you're going to be like, why? I'm doing so much. I'm doing so much. And it's not going to be there. And you'll be like, what is happening? And then you'll let it go. And then all of a sudden it'll start happening when you're not doing anything. And you'll be exactly. like, what the fuck? And then you'll notice. And then it'll disappear again. And then just, then it, the cycle continues. And you're just like, why can't I see it when it's happening? And that is the question I ask myself all the time. Why can I not see it when it's happening? And then you realize that's the joke. That is the joke of being a creative person. I think, Or the joke of just being a person in general is that you can never see it when it's happening, but you can only be there. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just, you can't be anywhere else, yet you never see it, even though it's always happening. Yeah, I'm going through, <laughs> I'm going through those, those highs and lows I have been. It's been very tumultuous with, with that sort of stuff. And yeah, can't really see that it was better than it ever has been or worse than it ever has right. been until afterwards. So I've just sort of started setting like limits for myself where I can't look at certain demographics, like certain certain things um, while I'm doing it. Because oh, 100%. If I start getting focused on that kind of stuff, I start getting upset. So it's like, if it doesn't matter, then I'm not going to worry about it. Um, uh, and that's there's an old, so There's an old Buddhist proverb. You maybe have heard the story before, but it's like uh, this guy, he's a farmer, um, and his son is out working on riding a horse and he's working on the farm that day but uh the neighbor comes and he's like oh my god your son fell off the horse and broke his leg and the farmer's like uh so and the neighbor's like why what you it's a tragedy your son broke his leg now he can't work on the farm and the guy's like well i i could see that uh, you know and the neighbor's like confused and he leaves the next day the army shows up and they're looking for able-bodied young men to go fight. But because the son broke his leg the day before, he can't go. And the neighbor comes like, isn't that wonderful? Your son doesn't have to go fight and die in this war. And he's like, ah, so. Oh, no. Yeah. And that's it. It's like, we don't know what comes from the things that we're doing. What we might think is the worst thing possible could end up being the best gift that we've ever gotten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so fair. And yeah, it's oh, it's so important to fo- to not get bogged down by that right. kind of stuff. And it's, it's all good. Yeah, it's that's why I've been avoiding burnout like the plague. It's been awesome. <laughs> yeah, and you'll find like I find for myself is like I'll get really tired and I'll start getting burnt out. And then I'm like, "Oh, I don't want to do this." But then as soon as I start doing and creating again then i've got the energy back and i'm like oh i'm feeling good it's like this totally counterintuitive way of living where it's like as soon as i am most active in my creativity is when i have the most energy yeah and and then as soon as i like you said get bogged down and usually it's the expectations thinking i spent all this time doing this and it should have done this Mm-hmm. It should have had this reaction. It should have yeah. been this good. It should have been whatever. People should have, should have, should have, should have. And that's a great um, saying from, oh, I think it was, I can't remember who said it, but it was, you got to quit shit. Uh, you got to quit shitting on yourself. Yeah. 
Affair. <laughs> yeah. I to- and I totally get that. I think that for me, it's like the, the, the burnout hits when I'm not doing the creative stuff. Yes. When I'm in it and I'm doing it, it's good, it's fine. But the second that I, I you know, say, you know, turn off the, the thing that I'm working on or whatever, I don't want to do anything. Right. I don't want to cook. I don't want to clean. I don't want to do a dang thing. I just want to sit there and heal until the next time I have to start working on the creative thing again. Yep. And that's my problem. It's not that the, the actual process of creating ever gets, you know problematic for the most part unless right. it's really bad it's that every other part of my life becomes a mess like my desk right now i'm going through <laughs> terrible burnout right now and i can i show you this yeah sure it's gonna be the worst. here you go i am so sorry that you have to see this but no, here it is oh my god here's my desk currently that's a pony jar full of holy water just ignore that it's fine um this is my desk currently this is fake uh, vodka right there, and then yeah. that's real gin over there. Um, <laughs> hey, that's just, that's a song name, uh, Fake Vodka Real Gin. Yeah, and so this is my desk right now because <laughs> I am just too tired right now to deal with it. So, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I'm not afraid to show my burnout on my sleeve. It's here, It's but I'm I'm going out of town for a, a big work event in, in like less than a week, so I can... I can heal and, and oh, yeah. deal with all of my social anxiety in person for right. a week, and then I can come back and sit alone and clean. <laughs> oh, I, I'm, like, always a mess. So, like, when I'm painting, uh, now I just – I used to have a studio, but now I just paint at home, and I'll paint in my bedroom. But I will have the whole room a mess, and then all I do to paint is I just shove whatever's on the floor over a few feet and put a chair so I can sit <laughs> And then That's I just me. put the easel on top of stuff. That's where my keyboard and mouse is right now. It's in the shoved over crap area. Yeah. And I, 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 it's usually fine for a long time. And then I have like one day where I'm like, I'm miserable and I'm living in a cluttered yep. mess. And then I, and then I depressed fix it up until like 5 a.m. And then the next day I go, yay. And then I mess it all up again. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'll get in that mood as well. And I'll, I'll do it. And then I'll put it in my head. I'm like, I'm going to clean up. Because I am making a gift for future Steve so he can sit down and create in a clean area. And it's yeah. going to be the best thing ever made. And then I do that and I sit down to paint and I paint for like 10 minutes. I'm like, this is absolute garbage. <laughs> <laughs> it was much better when it was messy in here. <laughs> That's so fair. That's so fair. Thankfully for me, the actual clutter doesn't usually affect me in any more way than I can't find this thing I'm looking for. Oh, yeah. Like I have, I have this, I, I can't, I can never find my capo. I can never find my shaker and I can never find my tambourine. So I always have to have them. They're always in different spots on my yeah. desk, but yeah. I always got to find them. Like right now, I have no idea where my capo is, but I know where my shaker and tambourine are. And that's what matters. So, Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, it's, it's so funny talking to other creative people because that is the truth of it. A lot of people put the, again, with aesthetics, there's an aesthetic to being an artist. And people are like, oh, you know, it's so like, romantic idea of being an artist and then it's like no i spend most of my time looking for things <laughs> or just watching whatever on tv to avoid <laughs> doing yeah, the thing i need to there be is doing. a ton of downtime with doing like crea- like like for me I'm, I'm working on doing the full-time creative thing right now yeah i've realized that it is like i sit on my computer for like 16 hours a day and yep. a good four of that is watching youtube and it's oh it has to be though it has to like, be 
yeah, I need to break <laughs> up that monotony somehow. And it's like, for me, it's just, I'm avoiding work. I'm avoiding work. I'm going to open a document and then I'm going to go sit and watch YouTube for an hour. For sure. And, and I'm not going to type on it. You know, it's like, how do you write or paint or create anything without the experience of just being a normal person? That's how you relate to people because that's what a normal person yeah. would do, but they're not carrying the guilt of I should be creating. <laughs> that's the only yeah, real difference. The, oh, God. <laughs> and I'm so glad that I've been dealing with, like, especially my ADHD because it just bogged me down so hard. I'd, like, not leave bed because I'd be like, I'm too scared to start creating today. What if yes. I mess up? And it was just like, <laughs> there'd be days of that and I'd be like, no. I need to be doing something. One and thing that's I would pressure, yeah. One thing I would do, because uh, I've had moments like that, and when I was probably around your age, and then I came up with this idea as like I'm going to work on something, but I'm going to purposely try and make the worst thing I can. Yep. <laughs> and yep. so with music, it would be like I'm going to write the catchiest, shittiest pop song with the stupidest lyrics. And I'm giving myself 10 minutes to do it. And then I would sit down and I'd bust out a song and I'd be like, oh, shit, that's actually pretty good. And then I'm like, well, let's go do something else. (laughs) But at least I felt like I accomplished. I did something. And then it was just like, and it was better than I thought it was going to be because I put the bar so low. Like I said, expectations. Just drop those expectations and you're going to do so much cool shit. And then... The hard part about dropping expectations, and just like that old Buddhist proverb, the hardest part about dropping expectations is not being like, oh, I'm worried about it being bad, and then I've gotten rid of that. The hardest part is you have to be that way with when it's good, too. Mm -hmm. You have to be like, I don't care if it's good. Yeah, I, oh, I've, yeah, that's such a, I've so hard pivoted away from making good content and making good music and stuff and focused way more about how does it make me feel? Do I feel fulfilled with what I've done, even if it's not perfect? And, you know, and I want to make sure that other people feel what I feel too. That's all I really care about. It's like, okay, especially with music, it's like, how does this make you feel the same way that it kind of makes me feel, or at least gives you, a feeling and it's like okay if that's what it does then i'm good i don't need to worry about it being more than that exactly make it more fun to listen to and to make and to do stuff like that i can make it more entertaining and and make it a little happier for me to continue working on to the point where i feel comfortable putting it out at a professional level Mm -hmm. but i i just i just need to hit that first bar first and then i can keep going for sure uh, just you explaining that right there it just shows me that you are on the right path oh, thank you. <laughs> you're gonna you're you're crushing it already and you're gonna continue to crush it it's not one of those things where it's like oh man i don't know it's like no you're already doing the one thing every every artist has to do which is suffer <laughs> if you're i am thank you for noticing i appreciate that if you're suffering, you're doing it. That is it. It's the suffering. The starving artist. It's yeah. it's that whole concept. And it's true. It's a stereotype for a reason. It's because you should be suffering. Not necessarily in the way of like agonizing pain. But it should be like, 
uncomfortable. It should be somewhat uncomfortable, and it's grappling not with the art itself. It's grappling with these ideas of expectations and where it's going to be and where I'm going to be. And, oh, do I have to deal with this person, or do I have to go and make sure my art gets put up and whatever, get hosting on certain sites, and all that garbage that goes with it. And that's the suffering. (laughs) But if you can deal with that, if you're like of the mind of like, yeah, this sucks. So let's keep doing it. <laughs> then you're doing it. You're doing it. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know that that's, that's the right path. It is. If anybody tells you suck for a bit. If anybody tells you that it doesn't suck, they're not <laughs> telling you the truth. Or they're I mean, or they're not doing it. I think that it's it's one of those things where it's like it sucks in many aspects, but there's like I saw a video recently where there was a guy who's like, being a content creator is harder than your nine to five. Let me tell you why. And it's gone viral because everybody's like, no, it's like, no, it's not. Plus, Do you hate that's yourself? Stupid. That's just so stupid. Yeah. So I think there's a line of like, yeah, it sucks. It sucks a lot of the time, but it's not, it's not unfulfilling. You know, it's, it's so much more fulfilling than it is sucky, you know? Yeah. It's, it's suffering in the sense of like, if you're a mountain climber and your body's suffering, but you're growing, right? Like you're you're getting better. If you're just suffering for no need, yeah, that's stupid. But if yeah. it's like, plus I work a nine to five and I do the creative thing, so for I'm gonna this- be soon too, and it's it's gonna <laughs> suck and it's gonna be, but you know, gotta afford to eat and live. You know, right? It's a exactly. Whole thing. Yeah. And then it's is I consider it like um, you know how you have to go to sleep at night, <laughs> you know, like a normal human being. Um, yeah. That's how I treat work. <laughs> it's like yeah. my real life is the creative part. The fake part of my life is going to work. I, yeah, recharging <laughs> and just making sure that you're doing your yeah. yeah. It's like I recharge my sleep bar by sleeping, and I recharge my money bar by going to work. You yeah, know? like that's that's fair. Yeah, exactly. And then once they're charged up, and it's like, all right, let's make some shit, and let's make it as dumb as possible. (laughs) And I I think I'm I'm really glad that I'm I'm finally gonna be separating my my money bar and my fun bar because I I've been working as like a full time creator for like two years now. Right. And it's like now I'm like okay, I should probably get a real job again because I don't like having the expectation of making money from doing this right now. I find it helps. I find it really helps. I I think it's gonna help a ton with just. Lowering expectations, but I'm gonna have Definitely. less time to work on stuff. So. Uh, and then, but then you appreciate it more. Like when I was working the most was when I was creating the most. Like I was working in restaurants, I'd do like ten hour shifts, six nights a week, and I would get off work at like two, three in the morning, and then I would be up another eight hours painting after that. And it was like that's how I survived. But as soon as I didn't have the job anymore, and I'm like, I can paint all the time. Yeah, I painted all the time for like a week and a half. Yeah, that's fair. I think I I got into the groove of doing it now, where I feel like I'm I'm working pretty hard. But I I don't know. I'm excited to just you know recharge and figure out how to be a social person again because I've realized I've lost all social ability. Yeah, you got to get rid of that para. You got to get rid of the para and just go back to to being social. I need to learn how to talk like a normal human being in a normal conversation again because I've lost all of that. And I am just like a weird stand-up comedian whenever I'm in front of people. I say I disagree. I think whatever it is you're doing right now and all your weirdness is good. 
keep I'm being glad. like that. <laughs> I hope that I can get a job using it, you know? But like I I also this is so much different than in person. In person I'm so much worse. It's just I either say nothing or I don't stop talking. So Hey. It's like I said before, fuck them. <laughs> Be you. You're doing you're doing great. I think it's uh like uh, we've never talked before and this has been fantastic. So it it's like uh you know, I think you don't give yourself enough credit. So I'm going to do it because you're on my podcast and I love giving credit to the people who come on. You're Thank killing you. it. Uh, you're doing so many different things. You play so many different instruments. You do all these different things uh, online, and you got the fun ideas like the bucket thing, which is hilarious. And you should do more of that. <laughs> more bucket of thons. Got it. More bucket of thons. I, I, I need to put my bucket through a wood chipper because I told them that if it ends, I destroy the bucket. Um, <laughs> but now I have a Beyblade bedpan instead, so it's it's fine. That's perfect. Um, <laughs> But hey, props to you too for making stuff like this where people can just talk and and talk oh, about sure. creative stuff. And you know, you're doing great things. Don't let yourself get sold short either. Oh, don't worry. I I stroke my <laughs> ego a lot. <laughs> no, thank you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I like this is. Um, I started this podcast or this iteration of it because I would I've done a few different podcasts in the past, and they get to a certain point and then they just kind of situations change. Plus, I didn't have the technology to do it quite like this, and so it was whatever. But this one, I really set out to be like, I want to talk to people who are working artists, you know, and creating, and that doesn't mean just in the arts. Like uh, the second episode, I talked to my buddy Oscar, who does martial arts, you know, so it's like, yeah, so he's in jujitsu and all that. And he teaches jujitsu and stuff like that. So it's like all of these creative different ways that normal people are creating. And I feel like talking to people like yourself, who is suffering through it currently, (laughs) right? Imagine if you were like... A couple years down the road and say you're really doing a full time and you're making a killing right your perspective on that suffering is going to be different yeah right definitely but talking to you now while you're in it oh it's different yeah <laughs> it's, it's the nuance from the the start of like doing this it's it's completely different yeah exactly so it's just one of those fun things where it's like you you're going to look back and be like Oh, I remember when I had those post-it notes everywhere, <laughs> you know, and now yep. then you're going to be like talking to the person that you hired to write post-it notes for you. <laughs> I'm never going to make, I'm never getting a ghostwriter for my post-it notes. Hell no. Hell no. These are by my own hand and my own hand only. Okay, Who well then... else would be able to make a boofing bird? Nobody else. Nobody else would be able to make that. Nobody's mind could do that. Then maybe what you need to do is you just need to hire a person that you just stick the post-it notes to and they walk around with you. Oh, like a billboard. <laughs> yeah, like a billboard. Post-it. I like I so do. You can always have it. <laughs> That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Oh man. That's so good. Well, we're hitting oh shit. We're already over an hour. Oh dang. Uh, uh i know you're probably getting ready to do some streaming today hey like is that yeah i got in a i'm gonna be streaming uh a friend is doing an awards show for um oh crazy so i'm gonna see i don't think i won any awards people kept on pranking me by making me get nominated for the best horror streamer (laughs) i don't play scary games i don't know 
I tried to, so I hope I didn't do anything with that, but I got to go see what happens, you know? For sure. Uh, that would be so funny if you did win. That'd be oh, great. I'd be I'd be mad. I'd be like, there's so many other people who actually play these games. But Don't put me in here. What you do, here's how you solve it. You just, if you win it, you'd be like, thank you for the award, but now I'm going to have my own award show to give away this award to who I think is actually the person who should have won. I am hosting my own award show in a couple months. There you oh, go. Yeah, you just give fun. that actual award to somebody Hand it else. To someone else. Yeah, good idea. Good idea. <laughs> See, I, I got ideas. <laughs> uh, well, this has been awesome, Julie, and I don't want to take up too much of your time because I know that you're gonna go off and do some cool shit tonight. And uh, it's inspired me already just talking to you. I feel like energetic now, having had this chat. So I'm gonna go work on some music tonight as well. I just have one more question, and I've asked this to everybody else, so I'll ask it to you too. Is what would your younger self say to you now that they see you doing all this cool shit? Hmm. If they would even think it's cool. <laughs> I think my younger self would be, uh, as the kids would say, pogging out of their mind right now. Um, because this is more than I could have ever expected. When I was a kid, I expected to be a doctor oh, and fuck. maybe play music and teach music on the side. And I did sure. teach music for a while and all that kind of stuff. But then I realized, let's just drop out of university and do this and just do stuff like I, I lay on the ground prone and just pretend that that's a party <laughs> and stuff like that. Like I, I get to do the dumbest things my brain can think of yeah. for an audience of people who care. I think that, younger me would be floored by what i do now which is amazing i feel very lucky and i agree i think she would be uh i think uh i am <laughs> and <laughs> so it's like of course she would be <laughs> that, that's awesome uh well thank you so much for coming on especially on such short notice and we made it work this is great thank you so uh, much for having me Steve. yeah i really appreciate the the conversation it was really good We'll have to get you back on at some point and Drag we'll see, we'll see where your suffering is at at that point. <laughs> um, oh, heck yeah. Cool. Let's, uh, let's just end the broadcast right here. Okay, bye, broadcast. <laughs>